0: Taking a ride on Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith is like taking a ride through a rock video. The ride track and the soundtrack work together. In other words, this coaster rocks!
1: Now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom with stops at Frontierland and Mickey's Toontown Fair. Board! It's the often forecast video phone. How does it work? Just lift the receiver and you see your own image. Then dial your number just as with an obsolete old 55 model phone. And when your party answers... There he is. WDW
2: Radio, your information
3: station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 220 for the week of May 1st, 2011. This week... We'll take a close look at entertainment in Walt Disney World that offers more than simply a passive experience. They're actually living characters which help make up the story of the Disney parks. Talented, surprising, and always interactive, they are Streetmosphere and can be found in more places than you might realize. We'll look at their history in Disney's Hollywood Studios, who they are and where you can find them, how to get the most out of their experience, and more. I'll also share an announcement about a unique way to enjoy and experience Walt Disney World with me, talk about some upcoming events, and share some other information before playing some of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When we think of entertainment in Walt Disney World, we often think of stage shows in the parks, dinner shows like Hoop-dee-doo, or even nighttime performers like Yeehaw Bob, the piano players over at Jelly Rolls, live music in downtown Disney, or even the magicians and jugglers over on Disney's boardwalk. But entertainment and entertainers take many forms, and sometimes they're unexpected, unscripted, and extremely interactive and some of the very best take place right in the parks, on the streets, and as part of the show. And most guests might not know the individual characters' names, but they may be familiar with the name Streetmosphere. And to help us learn a little bit more about them, find out where and when you can find them, and how to best enjoy the shows, is the man who calls himself the Disney Daddy. I call him Chuck Lionberger. How you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, Lou, glad to be back.
3: Welcome uh, back to the show, and uh, this is a great topic, I think, and I wanted you to come on and talk about this because I think this is one of those things, Chuck, that the casual guest might see, they might walk by, often maybe not even stop to watch or listen because maybe they're they're rushing so fast to try and get on Space Mountain or Splash Mountain or wherever it is that they're trying to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and also I see a lot of guests that they'll watch and, and they'll see you know, the performances going on and not realizing I can just step right in and kind of insert myself into the show and, and play along with these characters because that's what makes the the Streetmosphere characters that much more entertaining is when you play along and actually literally jump into the story and, and, and help further it along.
3: Yeah, and we're going to talk about that level of interactivity because that is the distinction, or one of them anyway, for the Streetmosphere characters. But I think that part of the fun is in that they very much are unexpected. Um, I'm certainly thinking about the ones over in Disney's Hollywood Studios and on Main Street USA that we'll touch on, but they show up seemingly unannounced uh, in very different ways. Sometimes they just sort of casually wander onto the street. Other way, other times it's by motor car and it's a very loud, very grand entrance, again, especially thinking about what takes place over on Hollywood and Sunset.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, some of them are, are grand entrances. In fact, when you speak about Hollywood Studios, it's the Streetmosphere characters that directly open the park every day with this great big entrance movie set skit that takes place. But even that, while there's a general kind of sort of script, it's always very spontaneous and, and a ton of, of ad-lib.
3: Yeah, and they're – I mean they are – characters, but it's a very different type of experience and goes far beyond a simple character meet and greet where you line up and you get to talk to a princess or Aladdin and Jasmine and whatnot. These characters freely wander the parks. They become living elements of the story that we talk about that takes that each sort of park has their story. Each land uh, has their story. They very much become part of that. They're, they're incredibly well-themed both in dress and design, but in character to where, and more importantly, when you see them as well.
1: Absolutely. And as I was mentioning before about playing along, you can get some of the the wonderful characters there and they will completely go along with you. There was a time a couple of years ago, I was over at the studios and uh, was Tallulah Fruity and Officer Les Manley were around. And of course, Tallulah is kind of a, a 1920s, washed-up actress who is trying to relive her glory days and convince everybody about her glory days that she's you know, this great damn actress, you know, and everything like that. <laughs> and you've got Les Manley who's trying to get her to behave and do all these various things on the street. And so I'm, you know, literally taking pictures, you know, I I'm, 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 take a lot of photography in the parks, and so I start shooting along and kind of playing like the paparazzi, and here comes Tallulah And she's just playing it up like I am the paparazzi. Next thing you know, I've got Les Manley kind of in my face going, excuse me, sir, you can't take pictures, you can't take pictures. And I'm playing along like a news reporter. And we did this little skit for five minutes, and it was a blast. So these are just the kind of things that you can do. You can insert yourself right into the story and and literally, in this particular case, step back into early Hollywood.
3: Yeah, and – Those are the kind of things that I like, the things that you don't when you make up your Excel spreadsheet, planning out your day and your attractions that you almost can't plan for because you sometimes don't know when and where they might show up. And I think especially over at Hollywood Studios, uh, they add such a great element. And I want to talk about them first, but because... I want to talk about the citizens of Hollywood first. It's a good way to talk about the history because the streetmosphere really began back at Hollywood Studios when the park opened on May 1st, 1989. And it was really somebody outside the company uh, named C. McNair Wilson who came up with the idea. He later moved on to become an Imagineer, but he was a director in the late 70s of a street theater company. When Epcot opened in 1982, they asked him to come in helped them direct and perform some shows in, in the United Kingdom, over at Communicore, some other places. They were doing close to 50 shows a day. And when they were starting to develop the concept for Disney's Hollywood Studios, they had this idea, again, for that Hollywood that never was, having a very small theater, a little stage show, uh, where it would be sort of like a soundstage in the 20s or 30s, and guests would sit in the bleachers, but it would be a very sort of intimate uh, unscripted type of experience. That obviously did not make it off uh, off the drawing board, but what they did like was the idea of that guest interaction, and Wilson was brought in to help make that street theater become Streetmosphere. Being on the street, but being part of the atmosphere, he later actually went on to work on a lot of elements of Hollywood Studios, Disney MGM at the time, uh, Adventurers Club, and Comedy Warehouse, But the thing that was really interesting, Chuck, from the very beginning was, number one, when designing the characters at the beginning and certainly now to this day, the original 20 characters, there was about 32 actors or so, they very much had to be educated not in improvisation because that's what they did, but learning the background of the characters that they would perform, uh, learning about the physical elements, learning about the time period that they were going to live in what was popular, the music, et cetera, and that very much carries over to this day. Uh, the, the characters were incredibly popular, not just with guests, but with Disney executives as well. Um, Michael Eisner and some of the other executives loved the idea of Streetmosphere, and believe it or not, the uh, Time Magazine and USA Today both did a, a story on the opening of Disney's Hollywood Studios and on the covers were Streetmosphere characters, so it goes to show uh, how, f- how how much over time that they are still resonating with guests and executives, even from when they very first started.
1: These the Streetmosphere characters are probably one of the greatest pieces of the old original Disney MGM studios that you can still enjoy and experience even to this day. And, and you were talking about that preparation and all that backstory that these performers, these actors needed to have to be able to do all the improvisation that they do. This is probably some of the most, you know, I did some some acting many years ago, and improv is probably some of the hardest types of acting that you can do because it's not scripted. So everything is completely on the fly, and you have to make it up as you go. So these performers have to be very well prepared. They have to know their backstories so that they know how to present their character in a proper way to maintain uh, and to literally stay in character so the fact that, that Streetmosphere is still here is is I, I love the fact of, of, of Streetmosphere and the characters of America because it is that throwback to the original uh, Disney MGM Studios and the original intent behind the studios which was a tribute uh, to Hollywood and to the and to the movies of old
3: yeah and so let's talk about the the current state of Streetmosphere and Hollywood uh, Hollywood Studios, because these are the citizens of Hollywood. You have to remember that when you step through those gates of Hollywood Studios, just as when you do over at the Magic Kingdom, you are stepping into another world, another time and place. And yes, this is supposed to be a real working movie studio. Back in 1989, it actually was. But you are in Hollywood of the 30s and the 40s, and these characters are the ones that you would find living there. Um, So they are part of the atmosphere. You would find actresses and gossip columnists and reporters and policemen and cabbies and all and talent agents and directors, yeah. these are ones that you'd find in Hollywood and wandering the lot.
1: All over the place and and you can easily pick them out pretty quickly. They're going to be the ones that are dressed in those period costumes and, and having some fun and absolutely go up, strike, a, strike up a conversation, talk to them, interact with them. Before you know it, you may be approached by Otto von Bonbon, uh, director of Genius, to star in his next amazing production that he is getting ready to put together with uh, one of the many um, uh, Hollywood stars that roam both Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard.
3: Yeah, and the nice thing about the characters here is that the interactions sort of come in two flavors. Uh, Yes, they are sort of given a framework for their character. There are some... Uh, small kind of skits that you can see uh, on a daily basis. You know, each one will come out in their car and they'll sort of do a routine, very much interactive with the guests, but you also might see Jack Diamond, the talent agent, or Freddie Fiddlesticks, or Ruma Has It, just walking around, talking with you, and looking to strike up a conversation. Again, never breaking the fact that they are that Hollywood star or that director in 1930s. You aren't in Disney's Hollywood Studios. You are on Sunset Boulevard.
1: Absolutely, and and you are part of the show, and you get to be part of the show. Also, as you're talking with the, with these characters, also take a moment to appreciate all those little Disney details. For instance, Officer Les Manley. He's been the rookie of the year. Of course, he's been the rookie of the year for five years now. So, I mean, the kid's really good as a w- rookie. Uh, Officer William Club's another one. If you look out on his belt. You'll see a little uh, in case of emergency break glass, and literally all it is is just the box that's just hanging <laughs> off the side of his his, uh, his uniform. Wonderful little just tributes and visual gags uh, that are there. Some of the aspiring uh, actresses and Hollywood stars are so over the top funny that they're just they're they're absolutely a blast to to play off of uh, and and to play with, and you know. You, Kids, this is a perfect time to have kids get involved, you know, because kids enjoy kind of that acting and having fun, but also kids really love it when mom and dad jump in and, yeah, kind of look like a little foolish and look a little silly, but it's okay because it's all part of the show.
3: Right, and and the theory is, look, you're never going to see those other people around you again anyway, so if you're going to go out and have a good time and be a kid again, this is the best time to do it, and – you know, they will look for you and, and maybe pick out that that guy to come in and be part of the show. And there's also opportunities to go and volunteer as well. And it's all in great fun. And I love sort of watching the crowds gather, especially in the middle of sunset, right where it meets up with Hollywood Boulevard, uh, because there are some great shows that take place there Uh and the other thing too is, like I said, when you even if you walk up to them, I actually shot a, a video probably last year. I was I was out searching for the best snack at Hollywood Studios, and I walked over and I asked Honey Darling and Tootsie du Jour— and if you look in the video, Honey Darling stayed in character. And she's like, look, I am a Hollywood star. I can't eat anything that they serve here. I need to watch my weight. But Tootsie DeJour was like, oh, and the turkey legs here are just – and they got so into it and made it so fun and so funny. Uh, and that's what you're going to get no matter where you run into these guys or
1: girls. Absolutely. And that's that really is the true joy of what, what Streetmosphere is all about. It's a show that can happen anywhere anytime and just about anything now if you want to find out where and kind of when some of the characters come out because they do have not really a schedule but kind of general times that they'll come out just go and talk to guest services or, or check with uh, a cast member and they'll kind of give you some ideas of when these streetmosphere characters uh, or these citizens of hollywood will be coming out again they mostly populate Hollywood Boulevard and, and Sunset Boulevard, so if you're looking for them and looking to have some fun, you'll find them in and around all over the place. If you're shopping along uh, in the shops, don't be surprised if a, a Madeline Moore or Mina <laughs> Talent pops up over your shoulder and starts playing along. Uh, and you know it's, it's interesting because citizens of Hollywood and, and that type of interactive character isn't exclusive to Disney's Hollywood Studios.
3: Right, and and before we we jump over to some of the other places, I want to sp- 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 I want to learn how to talk first. Then I want to stay over at Disney's Hollywood Studios because you hear oftentimes Chuck, sometimes uh, people say, oh, "Hollywood Studios." After you hit A, B, and C attraction, it's really a half-day park, and immediately one of the things I think of are the citizens of Hollywood. Uh, the fact oh, that absolutely. it's not about running to get your fast passes for Toy Story, hitting rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, jumping on Star Tours 2, and then leaving. It's about grabbing a snack or wandering and exploring the details and then interacting for 15, 20 minutes at a time multiple times throughout the day. Something else, too, that is great for kids and adults, too, if you are a geeky collector, uh, like I'm sure you and I both are, is some of these people, and they might not be handing them out freely but some of them have business cards and it's one of those great collectibles that if you're able to get from these guys and when we go over to Main Street same thing as well they have business cards and it's a great thing that not everybody has it's not something that's advertised but it's a really fun again free thing to bring home as a, as a great souvenir
1: oh yeah and again it com- it completes that whole character that each of these uh, individuals are and, and to be able to to literally say, "Ooh, I'm at Norman Desmond," and that way you've got Norman Desmond's uh, card later on as you're you're going back and going through photos or or you know reliving uh, your trip to the studios. You can go back and remember just who all uh, you met up with and and who you talked with, and you know hopefully you didn't get uh, roughed up too much by any of the three officers there. But you know they're trying but to and, keep and the peace.
3: And it's it's that quest too. You know, it's like those people yeah. that enjoy going out, getting character autographs or character photos, trying to get some of these characters and trying to collect their photos or photographs mm-hmm. is something fun too. And the other thing, too, you should remember, and if you were, we talked about, you know, I, I mentioned the Adventures Club and Comedy Warehouse. If you were a frequent visitor there and if you're a frequent visitor to Walt Disney World, chances are you'll see a lot of familiar faces um, that you might have seen late night at the Adventures Club. And I love the fact that they are still there. Uh, They're incredibly talented performers, and I love being able to to see them and chat with them and, and watch them work as a completely different character than what you might have seen in other in one of those other two venues.
1: Well, because it also just shows how closely related those two types of projects are. Remember, they were created, in, at least initially, by the, that same individual. So it, it makes a lot of sense that you would see some of the, the, the professionals... Uh, originally from the Adventurers Club, who also are now uh, continuing to uh, perform their their trade uh, along the uh, streets of Hollywood.
3: Yeah, so let's move over, because again, I think that when we talk about the streetmosphere, a lot of people initially think of, and maybe only think of, the citizens of Hollywood and Sunset Boulevard. But for those of us who our early risers especially, and like to get to the Magic Kingdom early, that is a great time, and Main Street USA is a great place to meet the citizens, again, of a different time and a different place. Now they are part of that turn-of-the-century Victorian town, exactly the same way as the the Hollywood studios, well-dressed, well-themed, and always in character.
1: Absolutely, and again, these are some wonderful characters, and these guys really do play along um you know there are maybe a few little skits but this even i think more than sometimes the citizens of hollywood these are true interpersonal uh relationships that you will have one-on-one you and and the character whether it's beatrice Starr or or fire chief miller or uh, and i love this name probably the best name for a town counselor <laughs> dewey cheatham you know all he needs is the and how there but you know it, some of these uh some of these characters that you will run into, they will spend, I mean, minutes or longer talking to you, and they mingle about. But next thing you know, you're just having a conversation with uh, with uh, Mayor Weaver and uh, uh, Chief Miller. I've I've had many a time I'm uh, in the Emporium, and the next thing you know, here's the Fire Chief Miller and Mayor Weaver, and you know, we're, next thing you know, we're just talking about different things. And they will have so much fun with you. They play up with kids so well. Mayor Weaver always takes a moment and he'll talk to kids and uh, introduce himself. Uh, I've even heard of stories that he'll let them wear the mayor's sash and wear the hat and other things like that. Fire Chief Miller, uh, very similar story. So these also are very wonderful characters who really bring Main Street and bring that whole essence of Main Street USA to life.
3: Yeah, and and I spend a lot of time when I go to the parks – Watching people, um, just watching other people. And I see so many people get stuck to a certain degree in Town Square. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but they are stopped to get their pictures with Jiminy Cricket and Pluto and Pinocchio and some of the other characters are there. And then they bolt down Main Street because they Mm want to go and hit the attractions. And I want to just scream out. Slow down, you're missing the good stuff. It's right here in front of you. It's Inga de Point and Hildegard Olivia Harding because it is a show that is different every single time you interact with them. You're right, they will talk to you forever in a day. They'll sing with you. They're great for photos, uh, you know, great video and photo opportunities with you and your kids because of the level of one on one personal interaction. There's no lines, there's no waiting, they're just wandering around. And especially people like Inga de Point, who is in her heavy Victorian dress in the middle of the summer. Yeah. God bless you, woman. Um, but they, again, too, they, they don't break character and they are just such fun interactions.
1: Absolutely. And, and even some of them, like uh, I know Fire Chief Miller has uh, a little bit of pins and, and a couple of the others, I think, actually have pins as well. So you can pin trade with these characters. Now, it's, we've talked before about pin trading with cast members and, and how much fun that is. Imagine that they're being able to pin trade with the Fire Chief. Pretty cool. And again, those Disney details. Take a look at some of the other pins on Fire Chief Miller's um, suspenders that he has. And he's got fire buttons from all over the place, representing different fire squads uh, and things like that. These guys are just a tremendous amount of fun. They are great for photo ops. They pose well uh, and do great picture things. I have a wonderful photo of Of my younger son with uh, Dewey Cheatham uh, where Ian has where my younger son has this kind of pouty look because Dewey Cheatham's kind of giving him a hard time kind of playing with him not in a a mean way by any means but playing with him trying to get him to smile you know cheese for the camera and everything like that so we have this it's just a classic look of Dewey Cheatham with this uh, kind of sidelong glance uh, over at my younger son and and my son kind of just pouting thing i don't want to act like a fool i'm being on camera here and i'm like have fun have fun enjoy play and so uh it's there's so much fun again this is that part excuse me that part of main street that too many people rush right by and they miss the whole thing they just miss it all these are great video moments too not just photography these are great video opportunities you want some fun videos that you'll look back later and just laugh your head off about. Go and interact with with the Streetmosphere characters, both studios, here at Main Street USA, and you're going to have something funny that you're going to keep and you're going to watch again and again and again because it's just going to make you laugh.
3: Well, especially here, just like on Sunset Boulevard, keep in mind that it's all about story. You are not in Walt Disney World. Those are not facades in front of shops and oh so delicious bakeries and confectionaries, you are in a town and these are the town's people. So if you really want to geek out, you want to go talk to, you know, Hildegard, Olivia Hardering about, you know, women's right to vote or Fire Chief Smokey Miller at things that go on in the town, you can very much get immersed in that story because these are the people that supposedly really live and work and play here.
1: Yeah, and again, just like the, the Street Sphere characters, the, the citizens of Hollywood at the studios, the uh, Streetman Sphere characters at <clears throat> the Magic Kingdom help kick off the park. Uh, you have Scoop Sanderson, who is, introduces everybody. You also have uh, the mayor as well, who welcomes the family of the day, who helps open the Magic Kingdom. And then you have the great big countdown, and off you go. So once again, you are seeing these characters playing an integral role in the beginning of every single day. At the park,
3: yeah, and you mentioned Scoops Anderson. He is actually one of my favorite characters. He's one of my favorite individuals who is that character because he is such a fun, high energy, lively guy. And yes, he is the, you know, according to story, he is the Main Street Gazette reporter. He's a town councilman. He's also a Disney pin enthusiast, and he is the guy to go to who plays pin games and he does a lot of pin trading with guests. Uh, I know he used to, I don't know if he does it anymore, I think on Wednesdays, had like a pin trading uh, like 101 kind of lesson. I don't know if he does that anymore or if he just sort of wanders the streets, but you'll find him in his uh, red and gold plaid vest and little straw hat. And uh, he is one of the guys that if you see, you should definitely, whether you're a pin trader or not, make it a point to go over and talk to.
1: Oh, absolutely. Again, you talk about another great person to to trade with. Uh, you know who else but scoop Sanderson pretty much the the poster boy of pen trading um, like over at the Hollywood studios just check in with uh, guest relations and they can help you uh, find out when some of the different characters are coming out when you can when and where you can find scoop um, but you know what is not limited to the, to the magic Kingdom or to the studios there 's even more as they say but wait there 's more but wait there 's
3: right and and it 's a little bit different <laughs> in the other parks because it 's less about to a certain degree, characters who are part of an overriding story of a land. Uh, Let's go over to Epcot, because Streetmosphere, depending how strictly or loosely you define it, can be found throughout the parks. And I don't think Streetmosphere necessarily has to be a character who is setting the stage for Sunset Boulevard or Main Street. So I look at things like the Jammeter's, as Streetmosphere, it's that unexpected people in character. They're dressed as though they are a custodial group walking around with their uh, garbage pails and whatnot, and then they stop, turn them over, pull out some drumsticks, and start banging out incredible songs. Uh, You know, the percussion songs that they're able to do are great. They, uh, you know, it's one of those things, again, Chuck, that people, especially the casual guest, never sees coming.
1: Absolutely, and you know you'll see them come. You'll see them walk along, and, and too many times I'll I'll almost I can see you know the the walking and getting ready to set up, and I kind of slow down, waiting to see the the snap of the head from somebody who's going, what's that? Because they just stop down, and the next thing you know is hey, <laughs> and they're going off <laughs> all over World Showcase. Of course, there are just tons of different performers over there. Uh, you know, probably when you, when you're thinking about streetmosphere, the top of the list there would be the World Showcase players. Uh, over in the United Kingdom Pavilion, who just have a blast and bring in uh, different guests to play along. Before you know it, you're going to be King Arthur and, uh, you know, ruling over the land. Uh, Over in France, you have uh, Sauver Amusement. Uh, The Soccer Juggler over in Italy is another fun one. Again, these are ones that have a lot of audience participation. Uh, You know, the Soccer Juggler, you're going to find some poor kid who's holding up a great big fishing net and trying to catch soccer balls that are going flying through the air and very funny shows uh, all over the place throughout World Showcase.
3: Right, and I think the reason why, especially the ones specifically that you mentioned, those qualify in my mind, and I certainly welcome if somebody doesn't you know, agree, because they are, yes they are, they have a, a certain show that they perform, especially in things like World Showcase players, they very much are improvisational, they are on the street, They are themed very well to the pavilion that they are representing, and it is all about audience participation. So while I would put World Showcase players in as Streetmosphere, I would probably not consider something like Off-Kilter. Although they play on the promenade or even Mo Rockin', even though they play on the promenade, that is more about a musical performance as opposed to an interactive theater-type performance that you get with Sergio over in Italy.
1: Exactly. That's the kind of thing that that uh, i'm I'm looking at is that that interactivity, that chance for audience member performer to come together to create something that's going to be unique and original for that particular performance because it is very improvisational. Even again with with Sergio, just the fact of throwing the ball in the air and will a kid catch it or not, that becomes its own unique thing. and if he if he misses, how does Sergio play off of that with blowing his whistle and everything like that and having fun with it, so.
3: Yeah, and there are plenty of other ones. A lot of, you know, we're talking about ones that are um, probably most recognizable to guests because of maybe where they are on the promenade and and how long they've been there. Um, One I think a lot of people miss is uh, Honobono Minwa, which is over in Japan. She comes out, she uh, does a lot of Japanese storytelling, but she also starts by getting the audience involved. they teach. She teaches them a little bit of Japanese. So again, uh, even for adults who probably don't know the language, it's a great way to learn a little bit. But watching the kids respond to what she's doing and she's very colorful and she's out for about 15, 20 minutes or so a couple of times a day um, is another one of those, if you just happen to be wandering by, you need to stop and, and watch.
1: Absolutely. And, and in the same... Uh, pavilion of course is Miyuki where she will go and she has sort of a established uh, performance in the fact that she's going to make candy art but what she's going to make nobody knows until she looks at a guest and says what do you want me to make and then off she goes so it's completely improvisational uh, the whole way shameless plug you can read more about Miyuki in the latest issue of Celebrations magazine
3: absolutely and look and and I very much enjoy the musical acts staying in in Japan I love uh, the Maturita, Teco drummers. Uh, I mentioned Off Kilter, certainly Voices of Liberty. That, Chuck, is, a, is another show altogether because there are oh, some yeah. amazing acts there and incredibly talented performers. But I think the fact that these are those extension of that street theater, uh, which is what Streetmosphere, I think, by definition really is, why they certainly qualify and why you should take the time to not just watch, but go up and interact. Because here in World Showcase 2, you have an opportunity to learn from the performers as well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, that again, is the whole charm of what Epcot was all about. It's, it's about discovery, and you can discover while you're having fun at the same time.
3: So you might not think that Disney's Animal Kingdom has any Streetmosphere characters per se. Uh, I think only because of my unhealthy obsession with her. I have to mention Divine. Yep. <laughs> she, she doesn't speak. She is a an amazing walking plant that communicates through graceful movements and her eyes. And you talk about something, Chuck, that is on that, you know, uh, lush pathway and she literally comes out of the living trees and bushes and the looks on people's faces both kids and adults is fascinating and and I think for someone who doesn't speak a word she all of she's uh, are incredibly talented performers
1: oh and they also say volumes just about you know who they are and what they do and and this is another one of those hard to find characters because Divine is not always around. Um, Yes, there are some general times where uh, you can talk to guest services and and Divine might be out at this particular time, but she's hard to find. And so this is another one of those kind of treasure hunt, scavenger hunt uh, types of characters very similar to uh, Hollywood Studios if you're looking for a specific character. Divine sometimes is is a little challenging and when you do find her, you just have to stop and, and really stare. I mean, there's no other word for it. At the ability of of the performer to move that slowly, that gracefully, uh, and in many ways just disappear and blend back into the environment,
3: yeah, and again I, I go often and when she comes out, uh, although I'm transfixed on her <laughs> usually for minutes on time, I like watching the reaction of guests, especially who, those of whom who had no idea what she is or that she even existed, and when she comes out of the bushes. Uh, you don't see her setting up. You don't see anything like that. She just comes out unexpectedly. The reactions from people is amazing to watch in and of itself.
1: Oh yeah, it just again such a such a wonderful performer. But you know, there's also one more character who we haven't really talked about, and this is a character that transcends actually all the parks and even Downtown Disney. And this is a character who. Somewhat harder to find because he's not always in the parks every single day and and doesn't always have his sidekick with him. And, you know, of course, when you're talking about Streetmosphere characters and interaction and interactivity, you have to go with none other than Lou in the box. (laughs) The ultimate Streetmosphere (laughs) character.
3: I'm like, where is he going with this?
1: (laughs) I had to string you along there. Hey, Tim, I had to borrow the go with me for a minute there. That
3: definitely was a go with me. I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, who am I possibly missing? That's in all four parks. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing more fun than taking the box. It's fun for me because uh, when you take the box at 10 o'clock at night onto a darkened monorail and you ride around the monorail loop a couple of times and get the looks of people who are saying, why is this dork carrying his laptop with him? And oh, by the the way, he's talking to himself. He's talking to his computer. A lot of people don't necessarily get it the first time. So uh, the stares that I get um, are usually, (laughs) speaking of interesting reactions, that's one of them right there.
1: So there you go, another great streetmosphere character, Lou in the box. Yeah, and and you Never know, know when you'll find him.
3: The uh, there was a lot too that we have lost over time, uh, especially over in World Showcase, the the living statues that were in, oh, yeah. um, France and then Italy, uh, and then kind of back and forth again. Sometimes you'll see him now, different performers, obviously over in Downtown Disney were some of my favorites. There was actually an article in uh, for D twenty three where. George Calagridis, who was who's the Disneyland Resort president, he was talking about Streetmosphere. So again, talking about it resonating with people who are executives, and obviously George being a fan as well too. Talk about obscure reference from the past. He mentioned Zip Code Man. Wow. <laughs> and you're like, go with me here. Zip Code Man was back in Epcot in 1996, and the only sort of way I can relate it for you is – Think Rain Man, because Mm -hmm. you'd go up to this guy, you would give him a couple of small hints about you, and he would tell you what your zip code was. And he would tell you your zip code, and he'd tell you places that existed in that zip code, places that you would know, a a restaurant, a bakery, whatever it might be. Uh, The guy just had one of those incredible you know, amount of knowledge. He was there a very short amount of time, maybe six to eight months or so. But you want to talk about that one on one type of interaction um, that's a that is a great one that's lost as well. And I guess we should also mention too, because I did say before things like when you're on Disney's boardwalk um, and just wandering around at night, one of my favorite things to do when you're in the Epcot Resort area is just sort of wander the promenade. There are magicians and jugglers mm-hmm. and street slash boardwalk performers that come out there as well that gather a crowd and again it is that interactive improvisational kind of theater
1: yeah i'd actually a very recent uh post on the blog uh, that i did about you know just all of the nighttime entertainment that takes place uh out on uh, the boardwalk, and again, it is all fairly improvisational and again, high level of uh, audience involvement, especially with some of the mag- magicians uh, that are out there as well. And of course, when you're also talking about Streetmosphere, I guess we would be remiss if we didn't briefly mention and lament the loss of the Adventurers Club. Um, again, we, we kind of talked about it previously, but I feel we've got to at least mention an- another lost opportunity for some of that improvisational. Uh,
3: performance yeah but like i said the the great not the great thing about the loss but the great thing is that many of those performers are still here and you can find them and you can't listen you can't go up to uh you know percival peabody and say i I loved you as hathaway brown he'd be like what are you talking about i'm Percival. i'm listen i'm percival peabody i live in hollywood i have no clue what you're saying he may give you a sort of subtle or non-existent but I'm sure they appreciate hearing that as well, but you might not get a response from them in character.
1: Right. They, they do a really good job of staying in character the whole way around.
3: You know, and to, to just wrap things up, Chuck, the, up Chuck, sorry. <laughs> it's like Muppet Vision 3D in here. Up, Chuck, up, up. Uh, the interesting Full thing about rope. the streetmosphere is the future, because I think what may happen, look, we're starting to see a lot of changes especially in attraction cues. I think you're going to start to see it in resorts. You're seeing it in character meet-and-greets from Magician Mickey it is the level of interactivity. And I I mentioned before, and I sort of distinguished character meet-and-greets as being something different because you'll walk up to uh, a character like a Mickey, like a Pluto, and the level of interaction is much like Divine. It's very physical. Uh, Disney has started testing uh Having these characters start to speak, I think about a year or so ago maybe, we saw a video of a speaking Mickey in Disneyland. And I have a feeling that's not the last we are going to see of things like that. And when I see things like that, I think about things like Lucky the Dinosaur, Muppet Mobile Labs, those kind of physical things that came out that interacted with guests that has another technological element to it but very much is that unscripted performance and interacts with guests
1: yeah very similar to what you're seeing with you know the monsters inc uh, laugh floor or um turtle talk you know that whole idea of the living character initiative where you can have a character and they can can interact spontaneously with a guest be it via a video screen in the in the the, the case of the Laugh Floor, or a Turtle Talk, or with a physical, three-dimensional actual person in the case of of Mickey Mouse or the Muppet Mobile Lab or something like that. So, I'm I'm really excited to see what the future will hold for uh, interactivity. I think it's the future of the Disney parks. Uh, I think it's the future of of you know parks beyond Disney. Is that whole concept? of interactivity and having the guests directly involved with the story and even helping to manipulate and shape the story as the as the experience goes on.
3: Yeah, and I think there is a lot of opportunity and potential depending on how it may be taken. I mean, listen, imagine your daughter comes to see a character and then a year later comes back and that character somehow some way remembers her by name. Or remembers that she was there last year, or there's some sort of technology in place. I think that is, I think there is technology on the horizon with this next gen that they are talking about that is going to not only increase the level of interactivity and opportunity, but increase the level of personalization of it as well. What I would love to hear from the listeners is your thoughts on Streetmosphere. Uh, Are they things that you? specifically go out and seek out? Uh, have you had a chance to maybe catch a performance, be surprised by one? If so, do you have any favorites? Do you have people that you like to go back and see all the time, try and catch every time you're there? I, I think people like Freddie Fiddlesticks and, uh, you know, uh, Alberto Dante, some of these people have fans, I mean, that go out and look for them all the time and I think that's very interesting that these characters have garnered a following and well a well-deserved one as well and when you do see them do you volunteer not just your kids but do you volunteer if you're an adult yourself are these are the kind of things that you look forward to getting involved in it's easier to have an interaction with less manly than it is to maybe get picked for the indiana jones epic stunt spectacular if you like to be involved so if so do you go out and seek out those opportunities just to have fun or, or to uh, make some memories for you and your family? Chuck Lienberger, you can find his blog over at disneydaddy.blogspot.com. Again, Chuck is a, uh, a wonderful contributor. We are so proud and happy to have him contribute such great articles to Celebrations Magazine. And Chuck, obviously, I love always having you come back on the show. We've got a lot more to talk about coming up in the future, so I really appreciate it.
1: It's always a pleasure.
3: All right, buddy. Thanks again. Take care. So I've been hinting over the past few weeks, maybe even months, about a lot of new projects I've been working on and things that I've been really excited about sharing with you. And I'm really happy to finally be able to announce it here. Ever since I wrote my first book back in 2003, the Walt Disney World Trivia Book, I always wanted to enhance your understanding and appreciation and enjoyment of the parks and share my passion for Disney with you through the books and eventually the website and the podcast and the live shows and starting three years ago, the audio guides to Walt Disney World. And, And with those, I really wanted to take you on a virtual trip through the parks, starting with the Magic Kingdom land by land. I really wanted to take the time and walk you through and help you discover all the Magic Kingdom's vivid details and hidden treasures and overlooked experiences. And Just as I want the show to feel as though we're you're listening and sort of sitting around a diner table talking with friends about Disney I wanted the audio guides to feel as though we were touring the parks together and I'm happy to announce that now we can because starting May 1st I'm going to be offering private tours to families and groups who are looking for a unique way to experience the Magic Kingdom and eventually the other parks in Walt Disney World. Each tour is going to be a four-hour, customized tour of the Magic Kingdom for your group of one to six people. It'll be only your group, so whether it's just one person or two people or a group of six members of your family or friends, it is just going to be for you. It's going to be interactive, exclusive, and personalized to your interests. So, in addition to exploring and talking about many more of those hidden treasures and overlooked experiences we're also going to talk about Walt's legacy through stories and little known facts and I really hope to make you appreciate the parks more through that interactive discussions about history and trivia and let you gain a new perspective as you see the park in an educational and unique and of course most of all entertaining and fun kind of way now because the tour is really meant to focus on some of those treasures and stories and history in the parks well i really want to spend the time exploring areas that don't normally include spending time waiting online and going on attractions or eating meals but of course it's your tour and it could be customized based on your preferences and you can also add extra time that we can spend uh, discussing some of your favorites or hitting some attractions or having some meals whatever it might be Again, it's your tour and your tour only and it's going to be personalized to your interests and your interactions and that'll make sure that no two tours will ever be exactly the same. The rate for more information, details and rates, visit loomangello.com. I am so very excited about the opportunity to be able to not only tour the parks with you one-on-one but share my passion for Disney with you and let you enjoy and appreciate the parks even more. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks again to my guest, Chuck Lionberger. You can check out his blog over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. To find out more about my Walt Disney World tours, speaking opportunities, and more, you can also visit mongello.com. Don't forget to visit the website over at www.radio.com. Lots more than just the podcast going on. We've got our daily blog posts, photo galleries, Our fun, friendly, safe discussion forums where you can talk with other Disney fans in a fun, friendly environment. We have the Disney Book Club. We're currently reading Kingdom Keepers 4 by Ridley Pearson. But even if you haven't started yet, you can still come by and join. Visit thedisneybookclub.com for a direct link to that. You can also come by the site and sign up for our free email newsletter. You can also find out all the different ways to connect with me and the show. Be part of the WDW Radio family and community. You can connect with me over on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello or join the WW radio friend page at Facebook.com slash Ww radio. You can email me anytime directly at Lou at WWRadio.com, or call the voicemail line toll free. Be heard on the air at 888-703-2171. Call in with a comment, a question, even just saying hello from the parks. Love hearing from you don't forget to in addition to the show and remember you can also get all the back episodes either on the site or in iTunes. Join us every Wednesday night at 7.30pm Eastern for the WDW Newscast. It's a live interactive video news show covering Walt Disney World where you can be part of the broadcast and discussion and talk about the news with me real time in the chat room. If you can't make it Wednesday at 7.30 that's okay. You can also catch the show on our YouTube channel, it's youtube.com/slash WDW radio. I'll also post it on the blog so you can keep the conversation going there, and you can also listen to the audio-only portion in iTunes. Remember, if you do want to watch and chat live every Wednesday night, 7:30 p.m. Eastern, visit WDWNewscast.com. Speaking of videos, in addition to the newscast videos, I have lots more videos that I'm working on, it's been way too long since I put one of those out. Stay tuned to the iTunes feed and www.radio.com for more information. Be sure and come by the WW Radio shop where you can pick up signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, the audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD or download. You can also visit the site and get a link over to Celebrations Magazine that I put out with Tim Foster and lots of great contributors including Chuck Lionberger and Jim Corcus, and Hidden Mickeys with Steve Barrett and articles by Becky Mankin, lots more. You can find out more, subscribe, and order back issues over at CelebrationsPress.com. A couple of quick reminders about some upcoming events. First, I want to say thank you to everybody who came by the WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World last weekend. We met at the Sunshine Tree Terrace over in Adventureland. Hung out for a while, chatted, made and met some new friends and hit some attractions along the way. Really had a good time. Very much looking forward to may's meet of the month that's going to be saturday may 21st the first weekend of star wars weekends opening weekend of star tours 2. lots going on that weekend should be a lot of fun we're going to meet on saturday may 21st at 11 a.m at the backlot express lower level seating area outside which is right next to star tours we'll spend some time there you can grab something to eat at backlot express if you like and then maybe we'll head over and all ride star tours together saturday june 11th is going to be the next meet of the month that is going to be a little bit something special because we're planning to have it in japan for japan and we're going to do some fundraising before and after the event for the tragedy that is still going on in japan i'll put a link in this week's show notes for more information about that and how you can donate right now through our first giving page to the uh, american red cross relief fund coming up Other meets going on include the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet, that's Saturday, June 25th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., back out in Linwood, Washington. I'll be flying out to Seattle. Really looking forward to that meet again this year. There's going to be speakers, fan displays, Disney merchandise show and sale, games, contests, pins trading, some celebrities, a charity auction, lots more. More importantly, great way to meet other Disney fans. Uh, Again, that's over at the Linwood Convention Center in Linwood, Washington. Tickets are available now. You can go and visit PNWMouseMeet.com. In August, we're gonna be out at the D23 Expo. Stay tuned for more information about that. October 1st, uh, the 40th anniversary of Walt Disney World. We're gonna have a 40-hour live video broadcast and show right from Walt Disney World to celebrate Walt Disney World's birthday. There's also gonna be Wine and Dine going on, the Food and Wine Festival, Lots more. You can find out more about all these meets by visiting DisneyMeets.com. Quick thanks to all of my partners and sponsors. Really appreciate all their support for all of your vacation planning needs, whether you go into Walt Disney World or Disneyland Adventures by Disney on the Disney Cruise Line. Don't forget to come with us fall 2012 back on the Disney Dream. Go to my official and recommended travel provider. You know Becky Mankin and her team from Mouse Fan Travel. Not only get you the best possible prices and discounts, but offers you the highest level of personal service. You can check them out over at mousefantravel.com. When you are coming to Walt Disney World, if maybe you want to stay in a vacation home, if you're looking for something maybe a little bit bigger, you want your own private pool and spa, kitchen, game room, multiple master bedrooms and more, they have everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom luxury homes over at allstarvacationhomes.com. And while you're there, you got to eat. It's all about the food, right? So be sure to go to Downtown Disney. Check out Bongo's Cuban Cafe in Walt Disney World's Downtown Disney. Got that feel of a 1950s Havana nightclub. There's live music and dancing Friday and Saturday nights. Awesome, authentic Cuban cuisine. Indoor and outdoor seating. Three bars. An express window outside. Lots more. Again, check them out in Downtown Disney or over at bongoscubancafe.com. And I did just come back from Walt Disney World last week. Loved my stay at the Walt Disney World Dolphin right in the heart of Walt Disney World. We walked over to Hollywood Studios, took a boat over to Epcot, and of course enjoyed Blue Zoo once again as well as the Fountain Restaurant downstairs. So many great things about the Swan and Dolphin, including and especially the heavenly beds. I still believe most comfortable beds on Walt Disney World property. Always specials going on there. Be sure and check them out over at Swanandolphin.com. As always, my friends, and I, I mean it when I say, you are my friends, whether we have met or not, and I hope that we get the opportunity to do so at one of these events, at one of the meets in the month, or maybe even on a tour of Walt Disney World. If you like the show, please help spread the word, let others know about it, tweet out that you're listening, share a link on Facebook, talk about your favorite or the most recent show on other Disney communities, and please come by, review the show, and the free WDW Radio iPhone app over in iTunes. There's lots more that I've been working on that I'm really excited about sharing with you over the next couple of weeks. But until then, I want to, of course, thank you so very much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. So until next time, I want you to be inspired and be motivated and don't ever give up and start to pursue your passion. And when you do, always Keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.
0: Hello, this is Michelle Tate, on Miss MEY from Yorkshire, England. Currently on honeymoon with my lovely lovely husband in Walt Disney World. Just wanted to say a big thank you. You certainly have made our trip more enjoyable. We've remembered your mantra. Don't rush. Look around. See the detail. And of course, we have to stop for the amazing carrot cake cookies in the Writer's Lounge also massive thanks about the touring plans saved us so many hours as we've been able to choose the quietest parks and despite not having access to the queues updates on our phone it certainly helps us with the excel planning whilst at home highlights of our honeymoon so far finding tinkerbell in epcot the projection show on the castle which is amazing and we have still got the tour some tours to do keys to the kingdom and Future World, and, of course, Dining with Cinderella tomorrow evening. Thanks for everything you do. really appreciate it. And hello to my fellow Brits. Bye.
2: Hey, Lou. It's Todd from Jersey calling about a couple things. Just fresh home a few days from our trip to the world. A little shorter than usual. We are also down for one of our best friend's weddings and had a little bit of everything to do, but we definitely got our time in in the magic. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you slash blame you for letting us know about Blue Zoo. That was one of the best meals that I've ever had. It was amazing, and much like you said when you did your live review a couple months ago, it, you remember the the experience, but you also do remember the food. And we've done Victoria and Albert's as well. And it's the same thing. I really don't remember the food. I remember who we went through in terms of the actual experience, but Blue Zoo, it was something, and let me tell you, definitely, we would be going back there when we can, um, it was amazing, so thank you for that, just finished listening to a um, couple of uh, back episodes, catching up from our vacation, and actually just finished with episode 219, and I must tell you, there's never really a bad episode that you put out um, some I might like better than others, but you do a great show. This show, 219, I think I, my wife would describe it as just wonderful. Um, it was so very much about the man, Walt, whether it was talking about him and the tribute to him, which the partner statue was, and that you and Jim Corcus really showed your reverence and your respect for the man. Um, but also through your interview with Brent Iwin, who is the newest um, voice of Mickey, and hearing him and his reverence and the respect that he holds for the job that he has to do as Mickey and that he is holding, it's, it's the boss's job. It is Walt's job to be Mickey, and they're just keeping the microphone warm, so to speak. And I've heard that before from um, in the past. From uh, Wayne Allwine, and um, it's uh, it says it must be said about Disney and the people who do it. Uh, his story is wonderful; it's great, and I will definitely be playing this show for my wife. Um, she's gonna love it. And I must say, for you, Lou, when he chimed in, and the first words out of his mouth were as Mickey Mouse. You heard the four-year-old Lou come out a little bit there. Your your reaction, your excitement. Um, it's like you knew you were really wanted to ask him to do the voice, but when he did, it, you just like you beamed. You could hear it through the uh, through the iPods. So that was awesome. Um, I must say, keep doing the show, Lou. We enjoy it greatly. Um, your words keep moving forward. Um, means so much to us, and uh, keep doing it. Keep making the show. Uh, we're going to keep listening as long as you make them, as long as you keep doing the magazines and your newscasts and everything you do. Uh, we're going to be long time fans of your work because we're fans of the magic, and you definitely believe in it. So thank you again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon in the world. And as you would say, until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou,
0: this is Valerie, Alan, Clara, and Sarah. We're at Saratoga Springs. We've just finished a wonderful week and a few days here at Walt Disney World. We're waiting for our ride to go to the airport to go back to New Jersey, but we've had a wonderful time here. We just wanted to say thank you for all the tips that you give us because you helped to make our trip special. So thanks so much. We'll be listening to you soon, and see ya.
2: You've got a friend. Yeah!